0: So the message series I start today for December, intentionally for this holiday season, comes from two main sources. The first one comes from a series of blog posts that became a book with the title, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying, it's by a hospice nurse in Australia named Bronnie Ware, and it's not a scientific poll. Other dying people have other regrets than these five. But they are very consistent with what myself and many people who have been around, blessed to be around the dying, have witnessed over the years. People who are consciously dying are often the very best teachers to those who want to know what it is to consciously live. And so, the first of the top five regrets For today, with the long and poetic title of this, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. That's the first source. The second source for this message series is this. Ebenezer Scrooge. A painfully perfect representation as he comes to the end of his life of all of these top five regrets of the dying. There's a sub-reason for this as well, too, which is that Charles Dickens was a Unitarian. And Charles Dickens gives us the most wholesome, healthy teachings about the spiritual opportunities beyond all the busyness, beyond all the buying, beyond over the overindulging, beyond the craziness of this holiday season. He preaches the message that we need to hear again and again again that it is conversion by kindness that is the conversion that matters most. He is visited, as we all know, by the three ghosts, the three spirits, Christmas past, present, and future. And so each Sunday as we walk through this message series, I'll be giving you a, a little taste of Ebenezer Scrooge's experience because has he really feels his regrets... He's able to change, just as, perhaps, some of these regrets might come a little close to your own hearts. (laughs) And I hope that you might feel it so that, like Ebenezer Scrooge, you can change and we can change, too. In this dark time of the year, there is an opportunity to dream ourselves anew. And if we resemble any of these regrets. We might turn from our regret making lives in process to a life that we really know is worth living for us. And so here's the first passage I want to share with you from A Christmas Carol from the Dickens classic. And I've changed just a little bit of the language because, um, well, what they meant in Dickens time by the word intercourse is not what we mean. So, I've modernized the language just a little bit. So, this is the scene. It's the ghost of Christmas past. And Scrooge is taken to the moment when he and his fiancée, when their engagement ends. Because of his unbridled pursuit of wealth, Scrooge has lost his own heart. His former fiance begins, Another idol has displaced me, a golden idol. But this is the way of the world, Scrooge said. You fear the world too much, she answered gently. All your other hopes have merged into this one hope of being beyond the difficulty of this world. I have seen your noble aspirations fall one by one by one until the master passion greed engrosses you. And she continued sadly. Our engagement to be wed is an old one. It was made when we were both poor and content to be so, until in good season we could improve our worldly fortune by our patient work. But you are changed. When we were engaged, you were another man. I was a boy, Scrooge replied impatiently. Your own feeling tells you that you were not what you are, she returned. That which promised happiness when we were one in heart is fraught with misery now that we are two. Often and sadly I have thought of this, and I release you. She left him and they parted. Spirit cried, the old Scrooge witnessing this scene, show me no more. Please take me home. But the ghost of Christmas past did not. The young Scrooge did what he thought the way of the world was, and he lost his heart in doing so. This is why this word, courage, is so important because courage means to give and to take heart. To encourage another is to give them heart or to take heart from them in such a way that we really have the guts. (laughs) and the heart to grow into who we are called to be and not just do so because this is what we think the world expects of us. E.E. Cummings, son of a Unitarian clergyman, said this in these beautiful words, it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. See, the thing is, and maybe some of us, the adults here today, we know this. We can age chronologically, but never really mature. We can grow into the place where we get to wear all the clothes of adult dress-up and never become ourselves. It takes courage, it takes heart to not just follow the conditioning of the world, of the people around us, of our families. One of the sub-descriptions by Bronnie Ware, who put this five together, she said that people who have this regret when they are dying say this, that I had so many dreams that I wanted to try, but I never did. Why? Why did the dreams stay on the shelf, unused, untried? because courage, of course, is risky. And to open ourselves to our dreams means the chance, the possibility, that we may not achieve them. We might fail, or perhaps we might lose the meager portion that we think we already have. There is a great teaching from the Hasidic tradition about this that we use in our Wellsprings 2.0, listening to our Lives group. In the first couple weeks, And it is associated with a Hasidic master, a rabbi, who is shown one night a vision of the world to come. And it's said that in that vision of the world to come, he would not be asked the question that he thought he would be asked. He would not be asked, why were you not Moses? He would be asked, why were you not Rabbi Zuzia? Why were you not yourself? But I want to bring this home a little bit because to an ancient rabbi, being Moses would have been the highest thing to achieve. But I'm not sure that many of us here want to be Moses today. So maybe that's like, oh, that's a nice story and we can move on. So this is what I want you to do for a moment. Think of the person or the persons that you most idealize, the person that you're honest, when you're honest, that you might envy. Close your eyes for just a second. Who's that person? You don't have to say it out loud. So, this is the question for us. The question we'll be asked, the question we are being asked, is not, why weren't you X? <laughs> or maybe it's, why weren't you your father? Why weren't you your mother? Why weren't you your best friend, your boss? Fill in the blanks for yourself, whoever that person is. It's not why weren't you X or Y. It's why weren't you or aren't you yourself? Sometimes when people give us the gift of confronting us with our expectations of what we think other people or the world wants from us, it can be profoundly, wonderfully disillusioning. I remember it was 18 or 19 years ago, and I sat down for my first kind of intro interview into this process of what's called becoming a candidate for UU ministry. And I began to talk with this person, this senior official in our denomination, and I started to talk about who my inspirations were for our ministry. And this person immediately shot back right at me, being a bit of a jerk about it. (laughs) You know you'll never be, Reverend blank. And you'll never be Reverend blank either. I'm not going to name those people because they're still alive. <laughs> Boy, did that chat me. <laughs> I was so annoyed and I was so hurt because I thought it was a rejection of who I was. And this person, I don't know what their intention was, but they said it like a jerk. But here's the thing. Sometimes the worst jerks are the best teachers because that was liberating. I was not going to be Reverend Phil in the blank or other Reverend Phil in the blank. It was liberating to find my own sense of calling. Me who wanted approval more than anything else. That's sometimes when we fall into the trap of asking what others' expectations of us are, and can we live according to them. We're so desperate for approval. I know I was. Because here's the thing. It's only those people who have the courage, who have the heart to follow their calling that give strength, peace, and inspiration to others to follow their calling as well. The people who have the sense most who they are in the world give other people around them permission to do the same. I think of one person today who is living out their call, and it is costly and it's going beyond the expectations of what the people have of them in this life. It's this guy here. You know who Frank Schaeffer is? He was tried for heresy in his church, in the Methodist church, right here in Chester County, and found guilty. See, Frank Schaeffer, long time, and pretty successful Methodist clergy, within his tradition he did what was forbidden, which is perform the marriage of one of his sons to his son's love, so that they became husband and husband. And his own church just found him guilty of heresy and breaking their rules, and they gave him 30 days to correct and reform his ways, or they would strip him of his ministry. They would defrock him. And he's willing to pay that price because he said these words, I cannot go back to being a silent supporter. I must continue to be in ministry with all people and speak for LGBTQ people, members of the jury. Before you decide my penalty, you need to know I wear this rainbow stole as a visible sign of this is who I am called to be. It takes courage to grow up and become who we are called to be. Howard Thurman, a great teacher from our tradition and one of Dr. King's greatest teachers, he said this, don't ask what the world needs. Don't ask. Ask what makes you come alive. Because in the final result, what the world needs is people who have come alive. The world needs people who are willing to go against the stream of all those supposed to's. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to be that. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to be that. And by the way, not all supposed tos are death to the soul. And there's a whole other side of immaturity. And I know some folks like this, who the minute they hear a supposed to, their immediate response is, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Their whole life is all serious. Don't tell me what to do. That's immaturity itself, too. But no, I'm talking about never giving ourselves permission, never giving ourselves space, never giving ourselves room. To go outside of the zone of supposed to. Never going outside of the zone of supposed to. This is what your tribe tells you you are supposed to do. This is what your family tells you you are supposed to be. This is what our culture says you are supposed to look like. And we just fall out the script as written. Why is this so common for so many people? So common that it would be the first of the top five regrets of the dying? I think it comes out of our very human, very human desire for security. It's a necessary need, but it can render us so incredibly immature. It might sound to us and to you the way it sounded in my own head from time to time during my life a mantra like this I want to be sure, I want to be safe, I want to be secure. I want to be sure, I want to be safe, I want to be secure. I want to be sure, I want to be safe, I want to be secure, or certain. I want to be safe, I want to be secure, I want to be certain. Throw in any other S sounding, that's about protecting yourself. I want to be safe, I want to be secure, I want to be certain. I want to be safe, I want to be secure, I want to be certain. Say it with me. I want to be safe, I want to be secure, I want to be certain. I want to be safe, I want to be secure, I want to be certain. I want to be sure I want to be safe, I want to be secure, I want to be certain. This, my friends, is a mantra of unhappiness (laughs) that when we repeat over and over again means that we will never risk and we won't take time to live outside of the supposed to's. If this is what we want, we won't know what real courage is and the courage to grow up into who we are. Instead of, I want to be safe, secure, certain, whatever it says up there, (laughs) maybe we might take a clue from the blessing that we just did with this wonderful little life, beginning with these simple words. Instead of saying, I want, turning it into a question, may I, may you. May you know great teachers all the days of your life. May you find happiness singing your own heart's song. I'm not just talking to the baby now, here, folks. <laughs> but she's the prettiest one in the room, so I'm looking at her. <laughs> See, if we can say to ourselves, may I, may you, in the form of a question, We will know what life is outside of just all those obvious supposed to's. And in the end, we can only truly affirm these wonderful noble wishes for this child if we affirm them truly for ourselves. And by doing so, we're also honoring one of the core beliefs at Wellsprings here. It says, just as the caterpillar contains the seed of the butterfly yet to be, we have each of us the potential for new life within us. But we don't get this cheap. This growth is not a cheap grace. We don't get the butterfly without the time of closing into the cocoon. We don't get the wings without first knowing the fear of flight. It is about being willing to wait, and to allow the life within us, the room to emerge, and not just fall into the obvious expectations. This time of the year on the Christian calendar is Advent, a time of the year that I love. Advent, which is all about the spirituality of waiting, of in this dark season In which so many of us might try to, especially in unhealthy ways, fill the void, fill the silences, overcome the darkness, banish the darkness, to turn the opposite way round and to learn to wait, to learn to open, to be courageous in the dark of our unknowing. So in the darkness and in the dreaming of the darkness of this season, may you discover yourself, may you rediscover yourself, and may you have the courage to do that, even if you don't know yet what's there. Amen, and may you live in blessing. Let's pray together. God of the unwritten of the uncertain the unknown which is to say God of freedom may we take this invitation of this day to peel away on any unnecessary mask of persona of hiding away from this life Of the repetition to ourselves of those mantras that lead to unhappiness and become the seeds of future regret may we become people capable truly capable and also deserving of blessing a new wonderful life in our midst and just as we wish this great unfolding for her May we truly wish the great unfolding and becoming of our lives for ourselves. May we be people who take hearts and give hearts and are of hearts. May we be people of courage. Amen.